last one I had was of the wine skin. It's a new, you know, the wine skin that held the, the wine, um, an old-fashioned way that they used to do it. Last week we spoke about, and I felt that there was a real impression in our hearts by the Holy Spirit to be reminded that we are a new creation. Yeah, did you, did you pick that up last week? Yeah, very definitely in the Spirit. We are a new creation. God is wanting us to remind ourselves so that we can um, position ourselves as new wineskins. We can present ourselves, uh, that we can be transformed in our minds to receive the truth that we are a new creation. We're a new wineskin. And God's wine, that life of the grape, often, a, a, you know, maybe a bit of a, another picture, has been poured into our creation, into our wine strength skins. And the, the picture I got was the, the wedding at Cana. I, I know it's not quite, quite a wine, wine skin, that they, that they used, but it was the pouring out of wine, the enjoyment of wine, and uh, the joy and uh, the taste of it was beyond the expectation of the, of the wedding host. <laughs> he was amazed. He'd never tasted anything like it. Hey? And so God is reminding us that because we are a new creation, Joined with him, that's what makes us a new creation, in him, he has poured into us new wine. But hey, he doesn't want just us to enjoy it, just us to have the benefits of it, just us to store it up in a new wineskin. He actually wants us to pour it out to people around us who need it. Would you like to close your eyes, please? If this is you, please take this on board. Father, we are a new creation in you. Oh, how wonderful. Who can understand that? We don't, but we, we take it on board. We, we ask that your Holy Spirit will reveal more about that statement to us, that our hearts will be full, Lord, with the new wine, that our, our new wine, uh, wine skin will be overflowing We'll be completely full of a new wine that nobody can express how good it is because you are good and we, want, we know that you want the world to understand that you are good and that this, this uh, wine that we have is life-giving. Father, we're just asking right now that there will be more understanding in our, in our mind, more revelation coming to us of who we are in you, a new creation. Nothing to do with us. But, Lord, something that you have put into operation. And, Father, we just ask that at the right moments in our life, as we connect with people, that, Lord, you'll just prompt us to tip up the wineskin and let the wine flow. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Good morning, all. Happy New Year. Hey. <laughs> Seven days in.
Glory to God. Hallelujah. I think um, what I'm going to speak about this morning, look, um, we, all, we all know it. We know it from, from when, we, when we're little. Because what, what do we get encouraged to do when we're little? Right from, from the very start um, in our Christian walk, it's pray and read the Bible. How many times have we all heard that? Things that we need to do. We need to pray and read the Bible. And we hear it again and again and again and again and again and again. And sometimes I think we can just get a little bit calloused as soon as somebody starts talking about praying. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. But, you know, that's something that, that is, is what Wilma's talking about. She's talking about connection. And that connection is vital. And without that connection, what have we got? If you don't connect a, an electrical appliance into the PowerPoint, into the plug, nothing's happening. All the potential's there, but actually nothing's going to happen because there's no connection. So I'm talking about uh, the prayer connection this morning. Christian world's a funny place for so uh, long, for, for so many, I'm very loud Caleb, come down a bit, um, we, we come into the Christian, our Christian walk and we've got, uh, even if we've come in fresh, there's, there's all this backstory of, of what Christianity has what has happened in the Christian world over the last two millennium. And that colours a lot of what we, what we receive. Some of what's taught in the, in the, in the Christian world is, is truth, because it's from the Word of God. There's a lot of stuff in the Christian world that is just handed down from generation to generation and if you if you look back to where it where it actually started from it it doesn't have its its basis in scripture so yeah it's it's an interesting world now jesus was asked at one point what was the greatest commandment and the, the pharisee who asked it was trying to trying to test him and he said, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God. This is from um, Mark chapter 12, verse 30. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it. You shall love the, your neighbor as, as yourself. And 
that's absolutely, that's absolutely true. That was the greatest commandment in the law because that summed up all the law and the prophets. But you shall love the Lord your God. So this comes from you. And you've got to understand when at that very point, the New Testament salvation had not, had not occurred because Jesus hadn't gone to the, to the cross. So it was sort of, it's, it's, it's a bit like it, it's all about you. It's all about what you can do. And in reality, we know the history that, that nobody kept the law. 1,500 years of, of, okay, this is what you should do. Nobody kept it because they didn't have the capacity because there wasn't that spirit connection. It had, was not available. And, and you know, some people got it right. Some of the time, some people got it right a lot of the time. Nobody got it right all of the time. Everybody fell short because there was not that connection. And, you know, in the, in the, in the religious world, we can sometimes hear what Scripture says and think, well, it's all about me. And that puts a lot of pressure on, doesn't it? Puts a lot of pressure on. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15... Uh, Peter writes, He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Now, the religious mind can get a hold of that and say, Well, it's all, it's all about what I need to do. I have to be holy. I've got to be holy in all my conduct. I've got to be, I've got to be good. And in 2 Peter um, chapter 3, verse 11, in that passage, it's talking about when Jesus returns and what's going to happen, all things are, you know, melt with fervent heat and all the rest of it. And, uh, and, he, and Peter writes, what manner of persons ought you be in holy conduct in godliness? Seeing all these things are going to happen. What manner of persons ought you, ought you be in, in holy conduct in godliness? Now, if we view that in the, in the sense of what do I need to do, you know, um, and don't have that connection, we're in, we're in a, not a good place. It's not a good place to be. Religious observance does not cut it. Religious observance doesn't cut it, and it never will. Never has, never will. Well, you say, well, I, I try. I try. I try to be good. <laughs> I try. You know, and I know we use that word try, and in one sense it's fine. You know, you've got a little person and you say, well, just give it a try. You know, you give them some broccoli and say, well, try. Yeah. Um, but, but boy, we use that word as, a, as an out sometimes. To try is, is to fail. Trying is giving yourself permission to fail. Any Star Wars um, fans in the house? Come on, come on, come on. Any Star Wars fans? Yeah, I, I see that hand. Not many. Okay, never mind. So I've just got just to share. There's a little, little green man in Star Wars, Yoda. Okay? And there's some classic lines from, from, from uh, this, little, this little being. And uh, there's one point there where 
uh, someone is trying to do something, you know, using the, the force, and, uh, and he says, I'll try. And, uh, and, and Yoda comes out, it's a classic line, he says, do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> you either do or you do not. What, what is trying? You know, you, you invite somebody to a working bee and say, oh, yeah, I'll try. What does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> you probably won't see me. I'll try. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to try is to give yourself permission to fail. To submit is to triumph. To submit is to triumph. Because submitting is invoking a power greater than yourself. And I'm not talking about a power. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, the living God, the one who created everything. When we submit to him, then we're putting our finger in the PowerPoint, not literally. Just make that caveat. So we need to be vitally connected to the Father. And that connection happens through prayer. The connection happens through prayer. So there's different words that are used um, in, in, in Scripture that are, uh, uh, are translated as pray. But there's a couple in particular. And one means to supplicate, which is to ask earnestly or humbly, and worship, that one, that one of those words means to, to worship. We've been worshipping this morning. Worship is the highest form of prayer. You worship with your whole heart, you're going to get a connection. Now we can sing the words and not connect, I understand that. But if you open your heart in worship, it's the highest form of prayer. And you will have a connection. Another word means to request or beseech, which means to ask urgently or fervently. That's prayer. It's coming before, it's, sub, it's submitting to who God is in prayer, recognizing that it's your power, Lord. It's the power that comes from you that will produce in me and through me. So I was, um, I was down here. Um, at one point uh, last year, and and uh, I had Quinton with me, and I forget what I was doing, but I was waiting for something. Anyway, I was I was pulling out a couple of weeds, and they were long, you know, weeds, and just pulling them out while I was waiting for something else. And anyway, we got we got home, and um, and Caleb had bought this passion fruit plant, you know, in a pot, lovely little vine, going to plant it, and. Uh, and anyway, I, I arrived there at one point and to see the pot here and the passion fruit vine sitting over there. And because uh, it had been um, removed from its, from its pot. And, uh, and I had to, I had to um, kind of say, well, what's, what's going on? Why would he do that? Why would he do that? I said, well, he's probably seen Poppy pulling out some long green things and he thought, oh, there's a long green thing, I'll pull that out. 
And anyway, the passion fruit vine is sitting there. It hadn't been long out. And I thought, oh, okay. I will put that back in the pot. Put it back in. Pushed it down. Gave it a bit of water. And, um, and that, was, that was good. That was good. A couple of days later, here's the pot. Here's the passion fruit vine. And I'm thinking, it's been out a little bit longer this time because it's starting to look a little bit unhealthy. And I thought, all right, okay. So put it back in, pushed it down, gave it a bit of water. <clears throat> and it hasn't been removed from its pot um, again. And boy, it's looking, it's looking great. It's looking healthy. But you know, sometimes I think as a Christian person, when we neglect our connection, when we neglect our, our, our prayer, neglect our time of prayer, neglect submitting ourselves to God in that, in, that, in that way, in that connection, it's like being removed from, from where we should be. Now, I was quick enough to get that thing back in the pot and it, and it has survived and it's going to do well. That's, that's all good. But, you know, I could have left that... If that had have been left out long enough, that was it. That was, that was curtains for... Uh, we would have been looking for a new, new passion fruit vine. So that connection is absolutely vital. And, and, and sometimes we... we well, look, we all do it. We forget. We forget to pray. We forget to understand that our source is God and that connection is prayer and that's where we need to go first. That's our first port of call. And, and look, each and every one of us have got different things that, that are challenges for us, that we struggle with. And, you know, the list is as long as your arm. and we, <laughs> You know what your challenges are. I know what my challenges are. When we neglect that connection in prayer, what happens? Those things can start to overcome us. Those things can start to fill our, our, our minds. Those things can start to have a greater influence than they do when we are connected. Personally, I have found that that if my prayer life is where it should be, the things that the enemy tries to bring along as a distraction or a temptation aren't. When I'm disconnected in prayer, sometimes those things can, can, can be there and, and uh, you can feel the, the influence of those things. And, you know, holidays are a great time. And it should be a time where we could, um, you know, concentrate and, and um, give ourselves to the things of God. But how many times do we have a holiday and we just say, oh, I'm just going to have a rest? <laughs> Bit of a dangerous thing, isn't it? Prayer is the acknowledgement of God as a source of all power and goodness. We were singing about it this morning. God is good. <laughs> I'll sing because... You are good. And I'll dance because you are good. God is good. Who wouldn't want to be connected with the source of all goodness? That's prayer. That's our prayer. 
Glory to God. I'm going to read a, a verse out of um, Romans uh, chapter 6. Out of the Passion. Romans chapter 6. <laughs> and this passage is, is talking about the triumph of grace over sin. Verse 6. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now forever deprived of its power? For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would continue to live we would not continue to live one moment longer submitting to sin's power when our prayer connection is strong our identity is sure when our prayer connection is not so good we start to we start to waver we can start to waver obviously a dead person is incapable of sinning and if we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. And we know that since the anointed one has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life has vanquished death and its power over him is finished. For by his sacrifice, he died to sin's power once and for all. But he now lives continuously for the Father's pleasure. So let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with him, you must continually view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for, the, for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the Anointed One. And that union I put to you is our prayer connection. That union is strengthened as we pray, as we give ourselves to him in prayer. Hallelujah. So what's the result? What's the result of that prayer connection? It's knowing who we are in him. But John 15 verse 7 says, Jesus said... <clears throat> If you abide, now that abide requires connection. That abide, it's living in a space. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That's pretty, that's pretty big, isn't it? You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. There has to be that connection. There has to be that abiding. So when we do, you know, I said at the start, you know, we've heard it from when we're little. We pray and we read our Bible. We pray and we read our Bible. That prayer is our connection. But the, the, the word, that's, that's like the power tool, isn't it? That's the power tool. <laughs> he created with a word. So when we abide in him and his word abides in us, our desire will be his desire. It says, you know, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And you think, well, I, 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 like a Ferrari. No, 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 no. Now, when we abide in him and his word abides in us, 
his desire or our desire will be his desire. That connection will, will, will line us up. Our desire, what we want, will be from him. It'll be his desire working through us. Our prayer will involve his word. What's a good way to pray? Pray using the word. Remind God of what he said in his word. It, it says, remind me. Remind me. Bring the word that is in you to him because it's truth. It's all truth. Remind him of what he said. Our prayer will involve his word. We will be praying his desire. So we're using his word. We will be praying his desire. Job done. How powerful is that? Glory to God. So that, <clears throat> that, um, that verse I read uh, at the start in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Great. That focused on, you know, coming from you. But, but Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, <laughs> that you love one another as I loved, I have loved you. So the first, the first one, the first, you know, the greatest commandment in the law well, who was the example? Uh, with this one, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. Well, that's coming from him. He's the example. He is the example. And as our connection is with him, we can actually do that. Because the power's not coming from us, the power is coming from him. He is the source of all power. He is the source of all goodness. He is the source that when we connect with him, all things that he said for us to do is available for us to do. And it's not dependent on our goodness or what we have within us other than him. It's not dependent on our own selves. It's dependent on our connection with him. Is that clear? Is that good? So it's a reminder, it's an encouragement this morning to get into prayer, to be a people of prayer. Now you can pray any time, any day, any time of the day. And, and, and I'll encourage everybody to do that, to, to, to bring God into every situation that you, you, you face, every, everything that you are doing. And, you know, there are times where, um, yeah, make a time and, and pray and worship. You know, when we come together corporately to worship, how would it be, what, how, how much stronger would, would that corporate anointing uh, be if individually through the week we were connecting with God in that what I call the highest form of prayer in worship. Using our voice. Wilma was talking about, use your voice, unblock the well, sing. <laughs> oh, I don't sing. 
Well, get by yourself where nobody else can, can hear you and sing. Just, just, just open up yeah, and sing and worship and tell God how good he is. <laughs> Glorify him. Magnify him. And then let's come back together in a week and let's see what happens <laughs> when we're all a bit charged for a start before we get them come in here. And they go, oh, well, you know, I've got these things happening. Yeah, great, we've all got things happening. But how about we just give that time to him? Hallelujah. I'm going to pray. <sighs> Heavenly Father, you've got a plan. Your plan is in your word. And your plan will come to fruition in your time. And Lord, you've also brought us into relationship with you to be involved in your will and in the plan that you have. So Father, I'm asking that you would, by your Holy Spirit, just, just remind us, just impress upon us that we would come before you in submission of heart and pray. <laughs> Lord, that we would seek your word, what to pray. Lord, how to pray. Lord, we thank you that you've given us so many tools in our arsenal. Lord, to be able to approach you. Lord, and to be able to approach you boldly because your throne is full of grace and mercy and Lord you know us you know us individually you know all our struggles you know everything about us but you say come so Father as we come as we connect with you Lord just work your work within us Lord change our hearts to be like you. Change us to be like the one that we can look to, like the Lord Jesus Christ. And then look out. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. You are so good. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We're going to have communion. So if you've our little people have been really good in getting communion to most. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. How good. I think there's been a bit of a running theme already. We're only two weeks into the year. Last week, Wilma um, started with a started the service with a prophetic word. If you weren't here, I would encourage you to 
um, get on the website. I don't think it's up yet, but as soon as we've got that up, we'll let you know, jump on the website and, and re-listen to what Wilma said last week <coughs> and then what Jeff preached on. Um, during um, the service, and I can't remember, I think Wilma brought this up and then Jeff ran with it, um, but we were in Psalm 23 and I just want to pick um, one one verse out of Psalm 23 in the Passion Translation, because it links into what um, Tim's also said today. So, for those who weren't here or, or the to jog the memory, Wilma was talking about um, leaving the past in the past. Stuff's happened, let God deal with it, leave it, keep walking. And um, and then Jeff went, went on to talk about a table before us um, with our enemies, yeah? And so there's a verse in the middle of both of those spaces um, that stood out to me. And um, I just want to go there for a tick. So the Passion Translation, Psalm 23, um, verse 4 says, Even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will not conquer me. For... You already have. Right? So Tim's connection that he's talking about today is God already doing the conquering. Okay? This this doesn't say we won't go through stuff. Yeah? And and what Wilma, you know, what I took from what Wilma spoke last week was, you know, there's been there's been historically stuff for people. Don't keep digging it up, leave that in the past. But there's also people that are still in the middle of walking through stuff. And um, the temptation in the middle of walking through stuff is I'm tired. You know, I'm a bushwalking instructor and if something goes wrong, I'll tell you, they'll give you the tip. It's late. It's getting dark. It's wet, rainy. You're soaked. You haven't eaten and you're tired and grumpy. And that's when the world, something happens. Okay, and it's the same in life, right? Stuff happens, we're tired, grumpy, probably haven't eaten, it's probably raining (laughs) and the car breaks down or you get the flat tyre or something happens. And so even in the midst of that, how do we deal with that? Well, our connection has created a space where God can actually uh, conquer it for us. It goes on, the end of the verse says, Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near me. And then it goes on to talk about the feast that we talked about last week. Isn't that interesting though that even in the midst of, he is the one that will conquer things for us and it's his authority that is our strength. And prayer is the way we can access that. Would you take communion with me this morning? Father, we just thank you that um, your death on the cross was actually so that we could come into relationship with you, that we had free access to your throne room. And so, God, as we take this today, God, would you strengthen our resolve um, to pray and spend time with you to reconnect and to see you have um, ultimate authority in everything that we do. 
God, and, and everything that we take on this year, God, that you would actually have authority and you would reign in, the, in this space, but in, in each individual life. In Jesus' name, would you take the bread? And Father, I thank you that it says your authority is my strength and my peace. And I thank you that it says your comfort, the comfort of your love takes away fear. And so, Father, we just thank you that even as we walk into this new year, God, that there would not be fear of the future, God, because you have already paid for and you've bought the future that is coming for us this year. And so, Father, we're grateful for what you're doing. And we're asking that you would open our eyes, God, to what it is that you're asking of us as a church this year and us as individuals. And, Father, I thank you that that's going to come from people seeking your face. In Jesus' name. That was a big breath. New year has begun. And uh, just as, uh, as is the usual case, we have a little bit of a break over, over, the, uh, over the Christmas New Year period. Um, but um, going into to next week, um, Wednesdays are our prayer meeting. Um, so uh, we're going to start up again um, prayer meeting on Wednesday this week, um, 7.30. Um, and just a, a heads up with uh, moving forward, our, our men's and women's group, um, you know, for the last couple of years we've, we've had um, Tuesdays and, and Thursdays. And does, does, does anyone get sort of um, a little bit confused uh, on any given week, whether it's men's group or ladies' group, because uh, was it Tuesday? Was it was it, was it Thursday? Yeah, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. We'll get some nods. Um, so we're going to make a little change with that, and um, we're going to have all our midweek meetings on Wednesdays. Okay, so men's and ladies' groups will be on Wednesday. Does that mean the prayer meeting goes? No, it doesn't. Um, We'll give some more details on that, but uh, it'll be prayer meeting and then men's group one week, prayer meeting, ladies' group the next. Um, so does that mean you have to be there for all? Well, I won't say try, will I? <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we, un we understand. Um, so more details on that will come, but that's just a little heads up. For, for that one. Um, but in a fortnight, so it's the 7th today, 14th, 21st. On the 21st, we're going to have a visiting speaker um, at church. Um, his name is Raf Solomon. Um, now, Raf is from um, uh, Numa Church in, uh, in Melbourne. Uh, who got to go to the meeting on, down on the train? Who would have liked to have been there, but 
but wasn't able to be. Look at those hands. Okay, so we're um, we're bringing one of their people um, here now. It shouldn't be any surprise that there is a um, a relationship developing between uh, ourselves and and Numa Church, um, and Raf is the apostolic pillar of the of the the church. And, and you know what does that mean? Um, the the Numa Church, and <coughs> most of you will <coughs> excuse me understand this. They're, they're structured on <coughs> frog there. They're structured on the, the, the biblical model in Ephesians chapter 4 um, of an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and, and teacher um, as, the, as, the, um, as the leadership in the, in the church. Now, Jesus had everything. He, he was all the gifts. So he established apostolic ministry. He gave prophetic um, uh, vision uh, so you prophet, he, he brought people into relationship as your evangelist. He certainly shepherded um, the people that God had given him and, uh, and, and he taught. But when he left, when he went um, back to be seated at the right hand of the Father, he gave gifts to men. That's what it says in, in, in Ephesians. And they were the apostolic um, uh, gifts, the fivefold ministry. So Raph is the apostolic pillar of the of the church. So he heads up that area of the of the church. So the the the, the teaching and the equipping of other people with an apostolic ministry uh, or an apostolic gift is is his 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 department. So can I encourage um, encourage you to um, uh, make sure that um, you're here for for that. Um, it's it's going to be very powerful. Um, I was speaking with Raf um, before um, Christmas, and and I was just sharing some of my um, um, background with him, and it was just a very straightforward, you know, how I got into teaching, and I'm sharing just how I got into teaching years and years ago, and. Um, and I just was, I was getting overcome. I got really emotional. I thought, what is this? Um, not, not that I ever get emotional. But um, I thought, what is, what is this? And, and I said that. I said that. I thought, what is this? And, and, and Raph said, oh, it's just the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I thought, oh, you're carrying something there. Um, so, yeah, can I encourage you to... Um, uh, Make sure you're here, but in, invite others to um, to hear um, what what Raf's going to um, bring and minister on that day. So that's the twenty first. All good. I don't think I've got any other messages. Lord bless you. Stay dry today. Yeah, you know, I said. Um, did I say earlier? I said to someone earlier. Um, you know, we were told. Look out, it's going to be a, a hot and dry summer. All the, um, all the models show that. Well, the thing is with models that, um, you know, they're computer models. If, you, if, you, if your understanding is incorrect and you put information into an incorrect model, you're going to get you know, garbage in, garbage out.
So I think um, I just think it's funny that um, men say this is going to happen. It's going to be hot. It's going to be dry. Look out for the bushfires. And God says, "Now nah, I think I'll just make it cool and wet." <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord.